0: Father, we want to thank you and bless you. We want to thank you, Lord, that you have called us each from different places in life, each of us from different parts of the planet, each of us from different walks, each of us from different circumstances. And you have gathered us together here today to be your family, to be your children, to center our hearts around you, to worship you, to make you the center of our focus. Father, we rejoice in your presence. So Lord, may your spirit just fall upon us today. May you draw us nearer to your heart. May we sense your heartbeat. Holy Spirit, we give you freedom to touch each one of us to reach into our deepest parts, to align us, to refresh us, to heal us, to restore us, to glorify your name among us, to give us your glory. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we started off this morning with uh, a lot of laughs. And uh I don't know about you, but uh, I agree with the old adage. My dad used to subscribe to uh, the Reader's Digest. How many remember the Reader's Digest? I'm looking around, and there's only two or three of us. Okay, we're the old uh strong fort, those that remember the Reader's Digest. Do you remember the section that was maybe a page or two sides of a page that was called Laughter is the best medicine. How many remember that part? How many used to turn to that part and read that before you read any of the other stories in the Reader's Digest? I did. Well, I don't have the Reader's Digest today, but I have a few jokes that I want to share with you. Uh, Sunday morning, the ushers are at the church entrance. This elderly lady comes in with her hat, with her nice clothing, and uh, the usher greets her. And he says to her, Madam, uh, where would you like to sit this morning? She goes, I would want to sit at the very front row. And he says uh, to her, Madam, uh, are you sure? She goes, yes, at the very front row, please. He says, well, our pastor is really boring and he might put you to sleep and that may be awkward. And she says to him, sir, do you know who I am? And uh, he says, no, ma'am. Uh, it's the first time I meet you. She goes, well, I'm the pastor's mother. Oh, forgive me, madam, he says, and he takes her to the front row. And just as he seats her, he says, madam, do you know who I am? And she says, no. He goes, Phew, good, and he runs off. <laughs> not, I, I can see some of you laughing. I can see some of you cheering. Okay, uh, there's another one. Uh, pastors preaching. These are all church jokes. I'm sorry. They're all church jokes. Pastor is preaching and he's preaching on forgiveness. And it's a real solemn moment in the sermon. And he looks at all the people in the congregation and he says, brothers and sisters, who here has absolutely no enemies to forgive? Everybody's hands are down. He's looking across and he sees old Myrtle. Myrtle is sitting in the back pew. She's about 97 years old, and she has her hand up. He figured maybe her hearing aid isn't working. And, uh, he, you know, he had his hand up when he had asked the question. So he asked the question again, Myrtle, can you hear me? She says, yes, pastor. He says, Myrtle, you don't have any enemies? She goes, no. He, and he got all excited. He thought this was a teaching moment. So he invites Myrtle all the way to the front, puts his arm around her, and asks her, holding the mic, Of course, not to give it to Myrtle so that she doesn't run off with whatever she's going to say, but he's holding it. And he says, Myrtle, can you please tell us, how is it that you have no enemies? She says, Pastor, at 96, I've outlived them all. (laughs) May that not be our lot. May not that not be our case. May we learn to forgive our enemies much sooner than when we get to that age and they have uh, all died before we do. I have a lot more. Uh, Do you want one more? Uh. So this small town pastor loves to, play a small stakes poker game every once in a while with a couple of his unchurched buddies. Of course, it wouldn't be his church buddies because they're all holy and they don't do that. Uh, But every Friday night, he would meet with two unchurched people, and maybe that was his way of justifying ministry to the unchurched. Anyway, on one Friday night, he's sitting there playing poker with these unchurched people, and the police shows up. And the men... Scarcely had time to conceal all the chips and the cards and the money before the officers entered the room. But the officers knew what was going on. So they asked uh, the first guy, and they said, were you gambling? And the first guy says, no, officer, I wasn't gambling. They ask his second friend, and he says, no, sir, I wasn't gambling. They asked the third guy, were you gambling? And he says, no, officer, I wasn't gambling. And then they turn to the pastor and says, Reverend, you know the Bible says thou shalt not lie. Were you gambling? And the pastor turns to him and he says, with who? Come on, think about it. The other three weren't gambling, so who would the pastor be gambling with? Anyway. All right. So the point of the sermon today is let's laugh. Let's laugh. Let's laugh because the Bible tells us to laugh. Let's laugh because there are different laughters. Some of you were laughing earlier before the service today because of some of the bantering that was going on between myself, Salpi, Hudi, uh gap uh CSIS. All of what was going on, we were all just having a good time. But the Bible tells us that there are different types of laughter. So I want to look at five different types of laughter today. And uh, we'll make some sense out of this. The first laughter is the laughter of disbelief. The second laughter is the laughter of blessing and salvation. Third is the laughter in the face of trials. Fourth is the laughter of fools and the unrighteous. Fifth, and that's probably the one that we want to really focus on, but we're just going to touch it today, is the laughter of God. So what are the laughters? What types of laughters are there? The scripture is just full of examples. So for the laughter of disbelief, you know, last time I spoke here, uh, I shared with you about the tomb of the patriarchs, where... Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and their wives are all buried. Uh, and in that story, the beginning of that story, for the the life of Abraham and Sarah, for that to happen, Sarah was barren. And uh, at some point I'd love to talk with you about all the barren women of the Bible and what happened with them. That's a different sermon. But today... Let's look at what happened with Sarah. In the story of Sarah, we read these words. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her. And she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Well, that was the laughter of disbelief. Our great-grandpa, Abraham, laughed that way. When he heard the promise of God, his mind his finite human mind. His heart may have wanted it, but his heart mind could not compute it. There was no way from today's situation to the fulfillment of the word of God that he could see a timeline that would make sense. There was nothing in the history that he had lived or that he had seen that a man who was over a 100 years old In a woman who's 90 years old, who has never given birth, her womb was sealed, as it were. There was no life in her womb. But somehow, God's promise to him seemed impossible, that he just laughed at it. I wonder if there's been any promises that God has made in your life that have taken so long that you laugh at Jesus said, I will be coming soon, and where I am, I will take you with me. That was 2,000 years ago. Some of us may laugh at that. Some of us in our most secret place may think, ah, when is he going to come back? He hasn't come back all these years. Maybe he never will. God speaks to Abraham in, in Genesis uh, 18, and he says these words, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. Now, not just Adam, uh, Abraham laughed, but here we see that Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women, in other words, her Menstrual cycle had stopped. She was past the age of uh, getting pregnant. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The pleasure of giving birth to a son? Is this a possibility? She also laughed. So guess what? It is in your and my spiritual DNA that our great-grandparents even our most honored great-great-grandfather Abraham, who was known as the father of faith, he laughed at the word of God and he didn't believe it. My point in saying that isn't to justify our laughter, but to simply say, even if you laugh today at the promises of God, God's faithfulness, like with Abraham, will continue to draw you towards himself So that your laughter of disbelief changes to something else. In the time of Jesus, there was a child that had died and Jesus had gone to that house. And when he told them that the child was not dead, but asleep, and he meant asleep in the sense of dead, but sleeping in the terms of waking up. The child was indeed dead. But they all laughed at him. They could not believe it. They could not bring themselves to the place of believing. We do that a lot. It's in all our circumstances. But let's look at a different type of laughter. The laughter of blessing and the laughter of salvation. Going back to Abraham... Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And so said, and she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Sarah laughed when she heard the promise. But in the fulfillment of the promise, there was laughter in her mouth once again. This was a laughter that was a different laughter. Have you ever had the laughter of mocking something? And now have you ever also had the laughter of the joy of receiving something? She was laughing a different laugh now. She was laughing a totally different laugh. The people of Israel have been accustomed to that. They had been accustomed to this kind of laughter. In Psalm 126, when they were coming back from captivity, they write uh, the, the psalmist write these words, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the, the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. There's the laughter of joy. There's the laughter of fulfillment. There's the laughter of the promise that has been fulfilled in salvation. There was a time in in, uh, the early 90s, in 94, where here in Toronto, at the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, which later became, sorry, the Toronto Airport Vineyard, which later became the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, and today is Catch the Fire, there was an outbreak of joy when people were beginning to experience the presence of God and the fulfillment of the promises of God in their own lives, they would just laugh hysterically like children, as though they were drinking wine and getting drunk on it. And they would actually grab a cup in their hands and take another swing, they would say, and they would drink in the Holy Spirit, as it were, and they would start laughing uncontrollably. Some would say that that's craziness, but those people experienced a joy. And in the midst of that joy, they felt all kinds of releases from bondages, from things that needed inner healing, and they were being restored and healed constantly just by the power of the realization of the joy of salvation. Jesus put it this way. Blessed are you who are hungry now, you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. How many of you are weeping today? How many of you have been weeping for the last season? How many of you have had an experience that has happened to you, that has caused you to get stuck in this state of constant weeping? With blips of joy, blitz of laughter, but constant that the nature that you have now been accustomed to is a mournful attitude, a mournful state. Allow me to declare laughter over you today. Allow me to declare the joy of the Lord over you today. Allow me to speak to your inner soul and say, receive the grace, receive the salvation of the Lord, receive joy from the Lord today, be set free and everything that binds you. You have been made a child of God, and joy and laughter is your lot. It is your portion. It is your inheritance to laugh and be joyful. Paul puts it this way. Rejoice. Rejoice, I say again. Rejoice in all things. How can you rejoice if you haven't tasted salvation? How can you rejoice if you have not tasted the mercy and the grace of God that brings salvation to every situation. Salvation isn't just being born again and being transferred from hell to heaven. Salvation is a constant process where our minds are being renewed, our hearts are being renewed, and we are being brought into life and life more abundant. The, word, the Greek word for that is sozo, which means life in its fullness, total healing, total shalom, totality of joy and receiving the totality of the salvation. May you experience that today at the power of my words because the Holy Spirit is moving through them to bring you that, to bring you to the place of freedom, to the place of surrender before him that you may have joy. You need that because we have another laughter and that's the laughter in the face of trials. A number of years ago, we had done the leadership development program for some of our core leaders. It was a program developed by Bethel in Redding, California. And with that, we had declarations. We would declare these 10 declarations over and over again. We declared them. We declared them as a church. We declared them as individuals. We declared them in our small groups. One of them was, I laugh at the schemes of the enemy. I laugh at the attempts of the enemy. I'm paraphrasing it now, but that's the heart of it. But what does the scripture tell us about that? Job 5, you shall be hidden from the scourge of the tongue and you shall not fear destruction when it comes. At destruction and famine, you shall laugh and shall not fear the wild animals of the earth and you shall be in league with the stones of the field and the wind, wild animals shall be at peace with you. No matter what the situation that we're in, no matter what the circumstances, Job, in the hardest circumstance that Job had gone through, we read these words. These are words of encouragement to us. Yeah, you can say maybe they're taken out of context, but the reality is true, that in fact the salvation of the Lord hides us from the scourge of the tongue, and we shall not fear destruction when it comes. We shall not fear, destruction, or famine because he is our God. He is our shield. He is the one who makes us laugh. The psalmist writes these words and he says, weeping may linger, weeping may linger for the night but joy comes in the morning. Brothers and sisters, trust the Lord in the situation that you're in laugh at the situation that you're in laugh at the troubles in the hearts of in your heart of hearts bubble over in peace bubble over with joy that the lord is good and he will fill your mouth with laughter it sounds so irrational to actually laugh when you're in the midst of trouble some would say that that's hysterical that's like illogical you should be mourning you should be in trouble you're in trouble. You should be troubled. But there's something that happens. And science today helps us understand some of the dynamics of what happens when laughter takes place in the body. The different chemicals and hormones and different things that kick in and cause a change in the, in the way that the mind fires. The point isn't just to laugh for laughter's sake. The point is to have our eyes focus on the right thing so that we can understand what it is that we're laughing about. I think uh, we need to activate some intercessors because we're finding that for the last couple of three weeks, we've been experiencing some technical challenges on the back end of what we're doing that you may or may not have noticed. Today, we didn't have lyrics, even though everything was set correctly. Last week, we had some audio difficulties, even though everything was set correctly. So if you're interested in that, text me privately afterwards, and we'll set up a little uh, group that will intercede before every service that we can run things well and that the technology would not become a hindrance. There is the laughter, there's another kind of laughter that we find in scripture, and that's the laughter of victory. in the face of the trial. And that's some of the scriptures that I read to you just speak of that. The next type of laughter that I shared with you is the laughter of the fool and the unrighteous. Ecclesiastes 7 says, Like the crackling of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of fools. When you're making a fire to cook something outside, there's a lot of noise as the wood is crackling and the, the thorns. In this case, that the, uh, all of what's going on is happening. But you know, the point of the scripture is that that noise, that crackling, that's happening under the pot. Eventually, that fire will end, and that sound will stop. And the laughter of fools is the same way. What are fools? Sometimes we could be foolish. Does that make us fools? Scripture says that the fool in his heart says there is no God. The fools that the scripture is talking about here are those that would trust their own strength, trust their own abilities, trust their own ways as opposed to trusting the Lord. Proverbs uh, 14 says these words. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright upright will flourish. There is a way that appears to be right, but at the end it leads to death. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways, and the good rewarded for theirs." Let's now focus on the laughter of God. That's a whole discussion. I'm not going to get into too much depth with it. Let's look at some of these verses in Psalm 1. But since you refuse to listen when I call... And no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. Since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. That sounds like a harsh God. It doesn't sound like the God that we talk about all the time as being a good God. You may interpret that in different ways. He's talking here about the evil. The evil person, the evil one. you can interpret that to mean the enemy of God, the devil. Some people may see themselves in that situation and become angry with God. The reality is, God does have a laugh. The Bible uh, shows us that God laughs at nations. God laughs at those that try to make schemes to outwit God. God laughs. Why do the nations rage or conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. There's so much to be said about the laughter of God against the situations of the earth. I don't know if COVID was something that was designed by failures of humanity to control the environment. I don't know if it was something that was designed by the evolution of certain diseases, and this is now the time. But I know that God is definitely using it to bring us to the place where Sujin led us this morning in worship. God is using it, and he's laughing. He's not laughing at the death of those that have died in nursing homes. He's not laughing at the suffering of those among us that have been infected by COVID. His heart aches for that. But he's laughing at the simplicity of humanity and how we are... uh, so afraid of some of these things i don't know if it's afraid that the word that i'm looking for but i think what i'm trying to say is that god is looking at all of this and he is using it to draw us to the place where we spend time in his presence in ecclesiastes there's a passage that says that all the doors are locked and there's no more grinding in the streets there's no more activity in the streets Let's seek the Lord in this time. Let's come to the place of intimacy in this time. Let's come to the place of even when we're cooped up alone in our homes. We're never alone from being able to touch with God, to enter into His presence and worship. We're never alone from being able to connect with others in the family and connect with them on the phone, on video calls, whatever the means. But to connect and to come into the presence of God, not just to connect and talk about nonsense, to talk about things that will cause fear to grow in our hearts, but to draw together into the presence of the Lord so that together we can walk in the intimacy of what the fullness of what the Lord is allowing us at this time to come to. He laughs in the midst of all of this, not because he doesn't care, but he laughs at the futility of human unregenerated minds that will not look at this in the fullness of what it is. Scripture tells us that God laughs at sinful nations. God also laughs. And there's an effect on the believers. When God laughs, by the way, laughter, I don't know if you can try it with me. I know you're all muted and I won't be able to hear you, but take a, a split second here. And just laugh out loud. <laughs> try it. Try it in the silliness of what it is. <laughs> Try that. Please, try it. I'm watching all the screens. Let it out. (laughs) There is something in a frequency, in a reverberation that goes through space. When God laughs, nations shake. When God laughs, it affects us. In the same way that when you're at a concert, at a wedding, at whatever situation you may find yourself in a concert, and the bass is beating on the speaker behind you, And you feel that vibration against your chest. Have you felt that? Have you been to a wedding or to a concert that is so loud that the speaker actually causes your heart to pound and you can feel it in your abdomen? When God laughs, there are vibrations. In other words, there is impact and there is a ripple effect in the nations. But when God laughs, there is also a healing effect for his people. When God laughs today, And there's the shaking that's going on all over the world. The shaking of the economies, the shaking of governments, the shaking of everything that is going on. He promised that he will shake all that can be shaken so that one thing remains and that's his kingdom. So when he laughs in the believer, when he laughs and it causes that reverberation in the believer, guess what he's trying to do? He's trying to shake us free from the idol's And from the garbage that's in our lives. He laughs so loud that it just causes a ripple effect if we have the spiritual ears to allow it to cause that effect in us. So allow his laughter, allow his ha ha to actually wash over you today, to bring about a shaking and a loosening. Just like when you you know, when I was in in school in, in engineering, we used to have something called an electrosonic bath. An electrosonic bath was just a little pot that would sit on top of a plate and this plate would have ultrasonic vibration that would cause anything that we would put in it to be cleansed. Sometimes we would just use it to put our jewelry in it and it would make our jewelry come out spotlessly clean because the vibrations of that ultrasonic sound would cause everything to shake. So the laughter of God is just like that in the life of the believer. When God laughs, He causes an ultrasonic vibration to go through you and to cause the garbage to come out and to cause what is true and what is good and what is purposeful, his kingdom, to remain. Allow his laughter to wash over you today. We're coming into a season in the... Jewish calendar or the Hebrew calendar that is talked about and is probably very closely remembered by the people of Iran how many of you remember how many of the Iranians I don't see so many cameras on but how many of you remember Queen Esther any Iranians remember Queen Esther very few okay do you remember King Xerxes yeah okay a few more hands are going Well, I'll be sharing that story next time as to what the role of Esther is in the history of Israel, but in your and my history as well. They had a period of time where the Jewish nation was under heavy attack and there was an enemy that was trying to destroy them. Through changes of circumstances, Esther went through a period where the fear that was crippling everyone turned to joy and to laughter. And they're coming to that period on the calendar where they're celebrating the feast or the celebration of Purim. How many have heard of Purim? Okay, a few of you have. Purim is celebrated around this time of the year and it's a few days of celebration, a few days of fasting, and then a few days of feasting. And in the midst of that, The decree was, these days should be remembered and observed in every generation by every family and in every province and every city. These days of Purim should never cease to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of them die out among them. The days of celebration, he wrote them into, he wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting, and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. This is a celebration that takes the hardest time of the Jewish history in that period, in, in Iran, in Persia, and how it changed to a time from hardship to joy and celebration. And their mouth was filled with laughter and their hearts were filled with joy. During Sunday school lesson, Billy learned about how God created human beings. Billy became especially focused when the teacher explained how Eve was created from Adam's rib. Later in the week, the boy's mother saw him lying down on the floor, so she asked him, Billy, what's wrong? His reply was priceless. He says, Mom, I have a pain in the side. I think I'm getting a wife. A priest and a pastor stood near a sharp curve on a busy road holding signs. The priest's sign read, the end is near. And the pastor's sign read, turn around before it's too late. As he was passed by, a jerk in a sports car yelled, idiots! And shook his head. Then blasted his horn, gave them a hand gesture, And stomped on the gas, moments later, the clerics heard a sound of screeching tires followed by a big splash. The priest turns to the pastor and says, maybe we should change our sign to say, bridge is out. The bridge is out, the bridge is broken. Anyway, on that note, I'll stop trying to make you laugh with my jokes, but I pray that the presence of the Lord gives you the joy that is required to carry you throughout your week, throughout your days to the fullness of time.